This is a production of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting and Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, the best in recovery broadcast journalism. Expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co host, and guests. That's right. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12 step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, exploring solutions for life today. Today. A presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. To overcome. Dave Fleming. Overcome. Well, welcome to Entitled to Overcome, exploring solutions for life Today, a presentation to Take 12 Recovery Radio here at Take12Radio.com on your internet dial. And Dave Fleming is in the house, CADC guy. Yes, he is. Monty! What's happening, brother? My, my throat's giving me a little trouble today. I need some more ca- it's... caffeinated lubrication. Yeah, okay. I like your Hawaiian shirt. Or, I'm sorry, your Aloha shirt. Aloha shirt? Uh, aloha. 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 Hello there. Aloha. I was corrected in, when I was in Maui. They said, no, it's not a Hawaiian shirt. It's an al- Aloha shirt. That's right. It's a shirt from <laughs> Aloha. Kohl's. From, from, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Actually, this one, I think, is from uh, Walmart. They tried to do a their version of Kohl's. Ah. It's just not. Sorry. Sorry, Walmart. Yeah, it's not oh well. the same fit. We like throwing people under the bus here at uh, KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Yes, we do. If you are doing your job well, we will promote you. And if you're not, we will throw you under the bus. That's right. Don't know. Dum 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 That was that was someone being run over by the bus. Don't don't so uh the uh, so so I had bronchitis uh stuff was going on we had to cancel the show here it seems like forever um but we are back uh the third Monday of the month is uh entitled to overcome solutions for life today with uh, Dave Fleming yo, yo, yo. this really is is Dave's show it really is um but before we do Dave's part, I think that clock is ticking, Dave. Tick, tick, tick. I think it is. Uh-oh. What time is it? It is time for... Oh, it's time for Dave and Monty's Icebreaker. That's right. Yeah, this is the part of the show that we share something that is absolutely meaningless uh, just as our icebreaker. So, Dave, this is uh, uh, some morning labels that will make you feel like you're a genius. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the top eleven, actually. <laughs> so we're going to start from bottom up. There's eleven of them. There's That's eleven. Scary. Number eleven. Warning label on a wheelbarrow. <clears throat> uh oh. Not intended for highway use. Not intended. <laughs> I'm trying to picture a wheelbarrow uh, on the highway. Well, number ten is this is on a baby stroller. It says remove child before folding. You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine on a thermometer. <laughs> this one's a little colorful. Once used mm. rectally, thermometers should not be used orally. Okay. I want to know where. Um, wait a minute here. So th- they should clarify those statements. They right? don't, though. That's like, what don't take funny. it out of your butt and stick it in your mouth. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you could probably 
like boil it or wipe it down with all right, listeners, uh, okay, alcohol. All right, all right, how many? If you'd be honest, never mind. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Don't take it out of your butt and stick it. Under don't your do tongue. that. Don't do that. Uh, number eight. This is on Apple's website. Do not eat iPad mm. Shuffle. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. What does the iPad Shuffle look like? It's the little square MP3 player thingy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't eat it. Okay. Uh, Well, I don't have one, so. uh, Number seven. This is a warning on a a Chipotle Chipotle truck. This one kind of makes sense, kind of, when you think about all the uh, mobile food trucks out there. It says, driver does not carry burritos. That that makes that kind of makes sense. I mean, somebody walk up to a Chipotle truck and say, "When when are you guys mm. opening for lunch?" You know, I, what is a Chipotle truck? It's the truck that delivers. Is that like the the food items? Catering? For, yeah, no, it just delivers the food items for Chipotle. You know, like if you had something something like food saver trucks, right? The food saver company that dro- drops off electric frozen foods. To the stores. It's just a supply truck. So they're trying to say that they don't carry any cooked food? Well, they're just letting people know that they're not a... And this is just my thought. They're probably letting people know that they are not a food truck. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Number six, warning... You you know these questions have come up. That's why they've had to put these Right, right. And more than once because... Well, some of these things are because of legal reasons, even though they're stupid. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is warning on a carpenter's electric drill. This product is not intended to use as a dental drill. What? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that warning on any of my tools. Oh, boy, you just, where do you shop? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, number five, warning label on takeout coffee cup. Avoid pouring on crotch area. All righty. Uh, all righty. Number four. <laughs> At least not your own. Right? On a, <laughs> you're terrible. Number four, on a jet ski, never use a lit match or open flame to check fuel level. Now, I can see where somebody probably did that. They're up there in the high Sierra with their rental jet ski. Huh. I wonder if we have enough fuel to get back. I can't see in the tank. Okay, number eight on a dishwasher. Do not allow children to play in dishwasher. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a curious looking thing when it's open and you're a toddler, right? I guess. Number two. We're rounding the corner here, Dave. Number two, warning on a 10-count pack of ballpoint pens. Do not stab in eye. That's a good tip. Does that mean somebody did at some point? I Maybe. Well, here's the number one warning label that'll make you feel like a genius. So we need to have a little uh, drum roll. All right. On a bottle of dog medication, it says, may cause drowsiness. Use care when operating a motor vehicle. <laughs> Well, you know, that, see, I, I get that one, okay? Let me explain to you how that works. All right, all right. I want to hear, hear this. because that particular medication right. was actually filled from a regular pharmacy. For the doggy. For the doggy. But don't you get your dog medication at the vet? Um, unless they sell it at the, the pharmacy. That, that's a possibility. Yeah, I've picked up uh, medication for a dog cricket at Walmart Pharmacy. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a trip. Yeah, because it's cheaper and it's, you know, they have generic some. Right. Um, what is it? Uh, oh, I can't remember. It's, it's a regular medication that people take, too. Well, we used to smaller. Dose. I remember in college, if, if when we couldn't afford to go see the doctor and we get a nasty bug, we used to go to the fish store and get fish rot pills because all it is is tetracycline. Yeah, yeah. We used to go to the uh, the uh, what do you call it the vet supply store to get your meds. 
What were you getting? <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. Uh, well, just don't use that thermometer on your dog. and Well, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I totally get that. I mean, just the 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 psychological damage that it would do. So we have we have a separate one. Even if you clean it and boil it and like, you know, the psychological damage that it would it do off. to you or do to the yeah. dog. <laughs> Yes, I, I this this one has been in my dog's butt. I'm not going to, uh, you know, no matter how clean it is. Nala, the studio dog, is over. You guys can't see her. Uh, you guys that are watching on YouTube, but she's down here looking at me really sideways. She's looking at her butt. <laughs> she's going, Daddy, Daddy. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up for uh, Dave and Monty's icebreaker. We'll be back right after this with the topic, Truth Will Set You Free. Don't go away. Hey, check it out. The best in recovery talk and positive music radio is now available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, and Podomatic. Simply visit any of these platforms and search for Take 12 Recovery Radio. Listen and download hundreds of our shows for fun and for free. Also available at Take12Radio.com. This is Dr. Alan Berger, author of 12 Stupid Things That Mess Up Recovery. You're listening to Take12Radio.com, featuring recovery talk and positive music. All righty. Welcome back to Entitled to Overcome, Exploring Solutions for Life Today with Mr. Dave Fleming, uh, Certified Alcohol and Drug Counselor Level 2. Um, and amongst other uh, certifications, <laughs> Jack, Jack of all, just call me bid. Yeah, 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 <laughs> certifiable and all that good stuff. Uh, so the topic. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it's Mister Certifiable. certifiable. <laughs> so the topic uh, for this show that that Dave. Um, so boldly put forth is truth will set you free. Um, Dave, Monty, what's going on, man? Um, well, you know, I kind of let the spirit, you know, kind of set the tone. Spirit uh, in the sky, yeah. Where spirit all around us. Norman Greenbaum, right? And so, yeah. uh, I've got this meditation book. I've got several, but this one in particular, kind of. Uh, really, you really like this book. Yeah, I really yeah. like this book. What's it called? It's called the Man Within. The Man Within. Yep. It's a it's a uh, recovery meditation. Yeah. That core uh, corresponds with. Um, it also ties in with scripture, so it covers kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Good so I uh, just you know more than often. I just kind of look at what what uh, topic is of the day, mm-hmm. and usually go with that. Sometimes it God intervenes and says, "Nope, we're going to talk about something else," and kind of put something. You know how we get or we get these topics that kind of sure. follow, follow us around all week long, and you know yes, sometimes indeed. we go to meetings. Uh, I, I remember you know when I was going to meetings every day, there'd be like topics that would come up like every day, or at least three out of four meetings. Mm-hmm. Would come up, and I'm like, okay, so that's something I need to look at. I mean, that's kind of the way, right? Because you keep hearing it. It's like right. God's tapping on your head. You know, pay attention. Somebody else might hear something else, but right, I'm I'm hearing. Well, I remember, I remember going to this one meeting up in Sweet Home years ago. It was my home group years ago, and I was whining and complaining because this guy just talked about the same thing over and over and over and over again. So eventually, I ended up whining to my sponsor, and he said, <laughs> "Well." Uh, have you ever thought of the fact that maybe you need to pay attention to what he's saying because you're not getting it? And you know what? He was right because I really wasn't paying attention to what he I, – I, I heard what he was saying and the repetitiveness of it. Right. But I wasn't applying any of it because I was so focused on the guy's personality. So there you get that principles before personality thing right. that I wasn't following. Well, we get those – we get those uh, – I get those all the time, you know, or I see other people struggling with that. Like I – there's a guy that, that I work with, uh, and this has happened three times. 
he doesn't uh it he doesn't really see um the whole picture yeah so he he, he, he we were had a uh philo- we were philosophizing i guess is the best way to term um the other day about uh you know getting a DUI versus you know somebody robbing a robbing a convenience store uh and maybe somebody getting shot or whatever uh-huh uh, com- comparing the two as DUI being a victimless crime, and I had to, I had to disagree. I said, let's let's look at the big picture. He was saying that DUI is victimless crime. Yes, because it only affected him. Oh wow! And I said, well, wait a minute. I said that that maybe you may look at that on the surface and say, well, I went to Applebee's and had a or wherever and yeah. had a couple drinks. And drove four blocks home mm-hmm. and got DUI. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, I made a poor choice or didn't think I was that drunk or whatever. Right. Or whatever the scenario is. Um, but in order for us to like identify what the big picture is or what the real problem mm-hmm. is, is uh, more than likely is like anybody who's gotten a DUI, they've probably, you know, drove, drank and drove you know, dozen but times before they got more, the DUI. More before than they got caught. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's. I mean, that was my story. That was my story. Uh, so the person either has a judgment, you know, issue, you know, has a problem with making good, sound judgments when mm-hmm. they're drinking, or mm-hmm. they're they've got a serious problem with alcoholism. And so, just on the surface, you got to look at like, okay, so uh, the things that come to my mind is it affects. Uh, their family, mm-hmm. right? Maybe their mm-hmm. employer. Um, financially, uh, it could affect, you know, uh, taxpayers, right? We got to pay for somebody to go to treatment, right? Right. Somebody's paying for it, Medicaid. Insurance fees go up. And the client you know, is, isn't usually. It's, you know, that's taxpayer money getting right. covering his treatment. Um you know, many other things that could be, sure. you know, involved. It isn't really a victimless we're, crime. We're all affected by right. it because of the DUI, the, the enormous amount of them. Insurance company raise, raise their rates. We all pay more. I mean, the, the things we do are far-reaching. Right. Or, just, you know, if you get in an accident, you, you know, you hurt somebody or kill somebody. I mean, these people go to the, the, the impact panels, right, and learn that stuff. Yeah. Well, just look at the people that are doing the panels. Like you, they're impacted, and they probably never had, you know, never had issues with. So there was some truth that you were trying to impart to him that could he set sat him there, free. He sat there and <laughs> ar- yeah, he, he sat there and argued with me about it. And I said, you know what? We can philosophize about this all day long, but you know, do you think people that 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 try to defend that much of a knuckleheaded opinion really believe it? Do you think they really truly believe that? Yes. Do you? Yes. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this particular individual, you know, it was probably the third time we had that same conversation and just not nothing, no, like not anything over to the other side. Wow. So I was hoping that maybe, you know, he would soften up a little bit. Sure. No. And that's somebody I don't want on the road. No. The truth. No way. If that's... What they, you yeah. know, honestly, what they believe is that whatever I do doesn't affect anybody but myself. Right. I used to be there, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's like if, you know, if I'm just staying in my own little bubble and doing my own little thing, it doesn't affect anybody. Well, I, I found out that, that was was not true. Well, um, I grew I grew up in the '60s, so it was right. it was there was the do your own thing was bumper stickers and buttons, right? Uh, whatever you do only affects you. Um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, free love. Blah, blah. It was all so selfish and self-centered. <laughs> free love until you got to go to the clinic. Right. right. Free love is also, it's costing you <laughs> emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and pocketbook. Uh, Physically. Yeah. Yeah. We're interesting folks. So, and that's, you know, um, that kind of, excuse me, uh, also tied into that whole, you know, uh, truth will set you free, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It was after, and that was after I, you know, found this topic and, yeah. and decided that this was a good topic. Um, but it covers so many different areas. Um, uh, an incident happened, um, and I can't remember 
it was probably at least three or four years into recovery. And yours? Yep. Yeah. And I remember standing in the lobby of church. Um, it was after uh, service one day, and we were doing, I think, rehearsals for, we were getting ready to do rehearsals for this drama that we did. And we're standing in this circle. There's probably six, seven people. And everybody uh, was, you know, chit-chatting about this or that or another. Um, and some of that old stuff I saw happening where people are trying to, you know, like one-up each other. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I start telling this story uh, from back in the day. And I got about two sentences in and realized that this wasn't true. It was only like maybe a 2%. Oh. It was a story that I had because, you know, I used to pride myself back in the day as I tell the same story no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, so it pretty much matched up across the board with anything I did so nobody could, you know. Yeah, question you. Look through my chink in my armor. Right. Um, So as I... I started talking, I caught myself and I'm like, holy crap, like, what was that? Mm. You know, and I took a step back out of the circle and I'm still kind of standing there. I'm looking around, see if anybody was paying attention. Um, And, you know, obviously people just went on with their conversation, Um, but it, it knocked me off my feet a little bit. Wow. Meaning that I had told this story the same way for so long that you believed it. That it actually became truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. So that I've prided myself ever since I've been in recovery as I basically, uh, you know, I tell my story. Um, so I don't have to worry about, you know, if I tell the truth, I don't have to remember anything. Um, yeah. Nobody can use it against me because I've already put it out there. What do you, What do you think? What do you think? was happening to you. I mean, obviously there was a heart change there. It, 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 it hits you, right? That, wait a minute, this isn't true. I mean, what, what do you attribute that to? Well, I had a heart change a long time before that, but it was just one of those, uh, I think residual, you know, we talk about, you know, the, uh, the limbic system and all that, you know, sure. and the stuff that gets kind of tied up in your brain and you, you condition yourself over years and years doing the same things. Uh, it's just one of those. I, I I think it was just a residual thing that mm-hmm. um, it's almost like a PTSD thing where you're kind of in the same or similar situation that you've been in before. And what do you normally do, right? Or what right. have you done in the past? You know it very well, so that's what you. It do. just yeah. was an automatic reaction. Huh. Just just like when I had a you know when I had, I had a brain hemorrhage in 2002, and I had to uh, I stayed. Me and my wife were separated at the time. Um, but I stayed at, uh, at at our house for a month to recover. I'd wait for the blood to kind of go through my system. Mm-hmm. And on uh, on after the thirty days was up, I uh, got in my car and I drove home, which, which was only you know maybe a mile away. Well, in between there is a liquor store that I used to stop at every day. So I pull in there and I go into the store and I grab some snacks and I walk into the other side where the liquor store is and I grab a bottle and I get my car and I go home. Um, it was one of those things where you just, I've conditioned myself for so many years wow. on this behavior that it just was automatic thing. It wasn't right. like I was sitting there uh, for 30 days thinking, oh, I can't wait to go have a drink. I can't, you know, tick tock, tick tock. When's it, you know? Yeah. So you weren't even obsessing. Day 28. Yeah. I wasn't obsessing. Yeah. Um, and that was, I mean, I didn't realize any of this stuff till later on, but, uh, I did realize how powerful these things that we condition ourselves to do can be. You bet. You know, so, and some things we condition ourselves as children or other people condition us that we kind of take on, take on a life of their own when we become adults as well. And so we have to identify what those are and try to break those, uh, mm-hmm. break those habits. Building new, uh, new habits, new, uh, new ways to take care of ourselves, new truths. <laughs> I, I had an I had an aunt 
and I, I to this day, I'm not sure why. Um, she was, I guess, ever. I don't know about every. Many people that I know have that one family member that everybody go, yeah, it's you know Aunt Gladys or you know it's brother or Uncle Joe or whatever. Just you know. Just take him with a grain of salt. He's a little bit off his rocker, you know, that kind of thing. Everybody seems to have one of those in their family. Um, and ours was this one aunt and she would, um, she would tell the, the biggest whoppers that you ever heard. And none of them were necessary. They weren't like she was trying to cover up something, why she was, um, you know, why she couldn't pay her bills or why she was late to an event or anything. It was just, out of the blue. And I'll never forget one day she was visiting us in our home in Petaluma. She had uh, driven, I think she lived in, in Napa. She had driven over to our house. And during dinner, she just came up with this story about these giant beetles that covered her Volkswagen bug on her way to Petaluma to where she couldn't see out the window they were tapping on the side of the glass with their little feet, you know, and it, it, they just covered her Volkswagen. Hmm. And that right before she got to our block, they all flew away. Weird. And, but that's the kind of stuff she would do. Now, I don't. Why do you suppose that is? I, I guess there could be a number of reasons. You know, I, am I trying to one up other people's stories? Am, am I trying to feel accepted? I, I don't know what, but she was always doing that, and it, it just baffled me. Um, well, that's, that's, that's like a kind of bizarre story. It is. But you I know mean, what? You know what? Growing up, and I have to tell you, there have been days or times in my past where I could come up with some pretty interesting whoppers. You know, and I know sitting in uh, the rooms of 12-step support meetings, uh, and I was guilty of this in early recovery, uh, I would either uh, overemphasize, I would add, you know, I'd flower up my story because I'd see these guys and I'd go, I'd think to myself, oh, I could, I could one up that one. You know, I shot up vodka in my arm, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. When I never did, you know, or I would minimize well, I'm not that bad. And so I would make up stuff to make me look not that bad. And neither one of those things was necessary. They didn't care. Yeah. They were just glad I was there. So, boy, I'll tell you, we do like to live outside of truth. Well, you know, we want people to like us. We want to feel good about ourselves. You know, there's all kinds of things that come into play there. Sure. Um, we want the attention because maybe we didn't get what we required growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as I look back on my own life, you know, um, I've done a lot of things and probably a lot more than, you know, the average person sure. uh, of my age. You know, I've done a lot of different things. And so when I was growing up and, you know, when I was a young adult, you know, probably in my 20s and 30s too, um, I would share some of the stuff that I, that I've experienced and people thought I was, was talking crap and were <laughs> believing me. Right. But if I, you know, if I kind of, you know, uh, expounded on it even more and maybe, mm -hmm. you know, more whatever, then they started to believe it. And I thought that was just dumb. Yeah, like you don't believe the truth, but you'll believe if I come up with some crazy whopper of a story. Yeah. You know, so, so what do you you got read that devotion because I really I really liked it um because there's a there's something about that I want to touch on too that really impressed me. Well, I have to pull it back up on my phone here. Here, I got it. You want to look at read, I got it. Here. Okay. Um so it says uh in my first 3 years around AA I struggled knowing the truth. I had lied so consistently that I needed to start from the ground up regarding truth. The truth about God's will for me was particularly troublesome. What if God was not what I, what if God's will was not what I wanted? Mm. What if I was mistaken about his will? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of us have questioned that, right? Yeah. Uh, during most of my fourth year, I complained about my life, got angry at God 
and wore out most of my friends. I also learned how to pray. I told the Lord all, all about my life, myself, and other people that I didn't like. I let him know just how angry I was about my situation. But I always prayed in the spirit of the 11th step. Nevertheless, in this and all things, thy will not my will be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, do they, what do we call that? Uh, there's some discrepancies there. Um, how did it all turn out? Well, things didn't, still don't, don't go my way, and my life is still very much the same. But that's okay. You see, I know the truth today, and the truth has set me free uh, to be me. God, thank you for setting me free today. The thing I really was impressed by this, uh, what the author is saying here, is he went through times of doubt. He went through times where he was angry at God, um, where his prayers were, this is what I want. And then it didn't turn out that way. You know, there's 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 kind of this mentality, particularly with with people of faith that are in recovery, that you're never supposed to doubt God. It's not good to be angry at him. Um, you should just be hunky dory. And, you know, and I, and I'm like, no, I think, I think there's something about the struggle that brings forth life. I think God gets it when we doubt. I think when we question him, he has answers for us, but we don't say anything. How are we supposed to, to hear from him? You know? So, <laughs> right. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, if you have doubts and, and, and you're selfish and self-centered, well, guess what? Me too. I still have doubts today, Dave, and I think we're not being honest with your. We're not. We're not in truth when we are going around saying, "No, I never doubt. Um, I don't ever question God. I'm never angry at God." I, I really, when somebody says that to me, I, I got to tell you, maybe I'm wrong, but I got to wonder what's going on. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if they're actually, you know, telling themselves the truth. Sure. Um, I try not to even process it like that anymore. I used to always, um, before I got, you know, my life changed and got saved, I mm-hmm. used to be super judgmental of others. Um, now I try to, like, get them to see, well, what, you know, why don't you try to put yourself in the other person's shoes? Absolutely. Why don't you try to look at what would it be like if you were in that situation and then come back and, sure. you know. Well, it was, a but, great re- it was a great relief to me, though, when somebody told me, you know what? You're doubting, it's okay. God's got big shoulders. Well, yeah, and he, you're, uh, what I've learned along the way is uh, that if I um, just do the next right thing, uh, I don't know what, what a better way to describe it. If I just do the next right thing and try to help someone else, mm-hmm. God will work things out and the path will be, you know, whatever path I'm supposed to be on will kind of fall into place. I didn't used to think like that, you know. You should try to uh, manage it, right? <laughs> this is what I think should happen, so yeah. this is the direction I'm going to go because um, that's the way I've always lived my life. And sure. early on I learned that uh, some of the things, the decisions that I make aren't necessarily um, the right ones or the right ones at that moment because part of the thing that I talked about earlier about, you know, I've done a lot of things. And what I've learned is I, uh, I'm always good at whatever I do. Um, if I, whatever I apply myself to, I'm, I, I can, I can do it. Some things I'm better at than others. Mm-hmm. So if I got, when I got into recovery, I thought, well, I'll use my, what am I good at? You know, so I started thinking in my brain, like, what am I good at? What, what kind of skills can I use? And I, and I thought, well, I'm supposed to go, uh, maybe go back into, uh, production work, um, uh, doing video and um, learn how to do websites and go help, you know, help right. people and make some money. I thought, well, I'm starting a new career over at age 37, so I got to do something where I'm making some money so that I can, you know, sure, support my family and, you know, be able to buy a house someday. <laughs> and what I learned um, through being willing, because I, th- you know, you talk about questioning and doubting. Mm-hmm. I had this prayer for a long time before I got sober, um, in in the process, and even after I've gotten sober, where it's like, uh, if if there's a God, it's changed a little bit, but back then it was, if there's a God and you want to work in my life, give me a sign. Mm-hmm. And there'd be a sign, I wouldn't really pay attention because I'm looking at things from the perspective of what I would do. 
what I need to happen in my life, not necessarily what ah. needs to happen in my life. Right. Right. So what I learned is that, uh, you know, they'll be careful what you pray for. Because uh, early on in my recovery, I got all my prayers answered, like every single one. It was scary. Uh, it wasn't exactly the way that I uh, <laughs> had planned it right. out, like in my head, yeah. or how I was going to help God yeah. through the process of answering my prayer. Uh, but my prayers were answered. You know, I've I've talked about uh, a, a few different uh, stories about that. But um, just recently... As I'm looking at this part, it says the truth about God's will for me was particularly troublesome. What if God's will was not what I wanted? What if I was mistaken about his will? Um, and we, I think you and I had talked about this. And sometimes uh, sometimes we have to wait, right? The, mm-hmm. the old sometimes uh, God says no or right. not right now. Yep. And we also uh, don't see the things that are happening out we don't see the big picture out in the, yeah. you know, neither world or whatever, right? The universe. The universe. <laughs> like there's stuff that has to happen. Sure. Like that we don't even know about before our path opens back up again mm-hmm. to go down another direction. And that's what happened with me. I just, you know, I, I got really stuck for a little while. Got, I, I got depressed. Uh, I thought, God, you brought us out here and now kind of. I'm taking like two steps backwards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just it felt like that after a while. I knew I had to do what I had to do at the time uh, because what I was doing was affecting me emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And so I had to need, I needed to take a shift. Um, the shift kind of put me in. I was making a couple of steps backwards, is what it kind of felt like. Um, but I kept. You know, pushing through and, you know, staying diligent. And then, you know, things opened up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically the prayers that I had before got answered. Uh, you know, I was looking for like a second part-time job, you know, and I was right. trying to get this other job at, at uh, Samaritan for a while. And it didn't work out the first time. Well, then I get an email from the director and she says, hey, I just posted that job again. You should go apply. And to me, the director of a program says that sends you a personal email to your personal email account. They, they want they, they there's are a very probably a good you. chance yes, that you. you know you're yeah. going to get the job. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, I've been working there a couple of months now, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's a good fit. It's different uh, than than I've been doing for a while, uh-huh. and it brings me back to when I first started in this field, uh, which is a good thing, and. Uh, and I'm also working, I'm still working at Acme a couple of days a week. Oh, nice. So you're doing both. Yeah, so I, I yeah. got the extra income that I was cool. looking for and be able to pay, nice. off, pay off some debt and uh, and move forward and got great benefits. And So, so I, you know, one of the things I'm hearing you say is, is that we, we, you know, whether it's truth we're looking for, uh, our prayers to be answered, God's will, whatever it is. We're we're coming at it from a thwarted perspective. We're coming at it from a perspective that is part of our human condition, and that's the selfishness, self-centered, ego-driven person. Right. When God comes from it, it's out of concern and our well-being and what's best for us, and it's not polluted by the human condition. Well, and we and we don't see it that way, though. We, we don't still... because we still have the human condition, right? Yeah. So I still go, you know, I still have to say I, I, I'm i grateful every day when I see things happen. Like, yep, that's that's the way it's supposed to be. It's the old uh, um, the acceptance. Oh, yeah. Uh, paragraph out of the big book, right? Sure. We are supposed to accept things exactly the way they are at this particular moment. Yeah. Right? And. Yeah. That helps me go back to the beginning because that's kind of where I was at. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. Uh, I try not to get myself in the way, but occasionally it happens. Um, I try not to uh, have that philosophical debate with people about, you know, whether there's God or not. I don't I do not do that anymore. It's mm. like, hey, whatever you want to believe, that's, that's like Well, that's you know, you. It's, it's interesting. Even in the <clears throat> Bible— 
it starts out assuming God's existence. It's an arg- it's not arguing with you. It says in the beginning God. It doesn't try to prove. It doesn't try to explain it away. It doesn't try to do any of that. And, and I, I'm kind of with you. If people want to have that fight with me, I, I don't put my gloves on. You know, I, I, I figure that, I mean, I kind of like that statement. I'd rather see a sermon any day than hear one. Um, man, my, my life needs to show the reality and the truth of God's existence way more than my words do. Now, I'm not saying that we should keep our mouths shut all the time. I think there's a time that we are supposed to share. Um, But in an argumentative way and trying to prove the other guy wrong and all that, it's just a waste of time, you know, and it divides and it closes people off to us, you know. And I think, you know, he was talking about in that writing, talking about God's will. And I I came to a place in my life where um, I realized uh, bottom line that God's will for my life was what whatever I do in word and deed that it would point to him right that was that was the bottom line all the other stuff right I just muck it all up man I, I, just, <laughs> I go sideways so I have to always bring myself back to that truth that that's what he wants what he wants me to do right and I'm ego driven. So a lot of the stuff I do in word and deed, I want it to uplift me. And God will take me to the woodshed. That's why you have a radio show. That's right. That's right. But but uh, Brian Duncan, a Christian contemporary artist from the 70s, um, in one of his songs, he says, uh, in fact, it's called Step by Step. It's about the 12 steps. He says, just when you think that you're no fool, life has a funny way of taking your hide to school. And boy, ain't that the case. God will take me to the woodshed and, you know, correct me. And it's usually gently, but sometimes it has to be firm. And that, that is a universal truth. I just see that all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's good. It's good for us. And uh, we don't have, you're talking about acceptance, right? It doesn't mean we like it. Doesn't mean we agree with it. It means we accept it. Right. Yeah. Because really, if we, you know, if everything was all puppy dogs and unicorns all the time, <laughs> this would be a really boring place. Wouldn't it? I, it reminds, it always go back to the uh, the time machine. Right? You ever yeah. see the movie? Oh, yeah. The, the original one? The original one, yeah. Really I love it. The, 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 what is it? The, the Morlocks. The Morlocks. And the yeah. Eloys. Yeah. Right? And so the the basically the people that are living above the ground are getting every, all their needs taken care of. Yes. They don't have to do anything. And so, I mean, they don't even, like, care about anything. So anything. if somebody falls into the river and is drowning, they're they're fine. They're, eh. I'm going to finish my apple. Yep. Yep, yep, not a care in the world, and yet they're the Morlocks' cattle, right? Right, they're their food source, right? They're conditioned <laughs> when the siren goes off, right? They march on down into the, you know, down to the in depths. the abyss, you know, and we and we we kind of live in, in 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 a world like that today if we're not careful, you know, the siren goes off, we just fall into place and follow suit and. Right. And uh, we're not allowed to share opinions or, you know, and it, 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 uh, that's a whole other show. <laughs> a, you're, you're talking about the, uh, the mainstream media? Hmm. It always cracks me up when, when mainstream, media, mainstream media criticizes mainstream media because you are one. Oh, I see the commercials now. They're all, go, uh, yeah, we're, we're truth and whatever. Right. Just because you say you tell the truth doesn't mean you actually tell the truth. That, that's right. It's like, I don't like people. Well, I am a people. It's just, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I was going to, uh, 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 are we? Uh, we got we a got couple any, minutes. We got any more on this topic? No, I'm good. Okay. I got a couple of things that I, that I wanted to put out there. One, uh, that... Uh, uh, I'm excited that soon in the not so distant future, um, we're going to have the outreach team from uh, Samaritan 
treatment and recovery services. Come uh-huh. on here and talk about uh, what we're doing out there. Sweet. And, and Heck uh, yeah. how you can get involved and things like that. We're, um, they're out there right now working in Brownsville, um, Sweet Home, and Harrisburg, too. They've gone kind of out, mm-hmm. out in the community trying to nice. help people. Uh, and something came up the other day that I thought I'd kind of put out to our listeners. Um, we're interested in people that have been in recovery five years or more and how, like, you're talking about sobriety five years or more? Kind or? of share how they're how they've done it, okay, or, or what they're doing, yeah, to uh, continue on in their in their recovery. So we're trying to get some good. Uh, we're trying to get some data on on people that are in long term recovery because there mm-hmm. isn't a whole lot out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you have contact information from Samaritan that's yours, like an email or? Uh, well, you can. Uh, I think just email us here, yeah, as well. I, I maybe filter it through our, you know, sure the, the website and see what kind of response we get. So that would be, folks. That'd be uh, take twelve radio at comcast dot net. Uh, take twelve is the number twelve t a k e the number twelve radio at comcast dot net. Uh, you can also go to our website take twelve radio dot com. Spell the number twelve or use the. Numbers twelve. It doesn't matter. It'll take you to the same place. Well, that's good. Yeah, and and you can uh, contact us. So again, you're looking for people with five years or more. How are they continuing to do this? Yeah. Right. What's their What's their recovery program look like? Right. That'd be great. And you want to use that? How? Uh, we're We're just trying to get data. Get some data and find out what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, there's no long term data. Um, there, uh, uh, more information will be, will follow. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good deal. What All we're right. trying to do is we're trying to look, we're, we're looking at like, um, to see if there's any patterns so that we can, if we need to adjust some things, mm-hmm. um, you know, earlier on to help people, uh, get in, into recovery and stay in recovery longer. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. And right. sometimes there's trends or patterns that we can see through the information that we're getting. And then, you know, we can yeah. adjust programs accordingly. So perhaps one of the websites here locally is Faces of Recovery Lynn County uh, that we're also a member of. So maybe some of you guys can chime in uh, and let us know. Also, um, uh, Chance of Albany. Uh, we're a member of that group as well. You guys uh, tune into our shows. Send us the stuff. T- tell us how you doing it after five years. That would be very, very help- helpful. And that's one thing that's nice about the recovery community in general. I mean, we've got a lot of arms and fingers that spread out. You know, if we can help each other to determine some of these things, it could be very useful uh, to really raise the quality of recovery. Right, Dave? Yeah. And the longevity of abstinence as well. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Any closing thoughts? Uh, just be grateful. Yeah. Right? Right. Very cool. Be grateful. Stay grateful. Uh, listen, learn to uh, learn to want what you already have. You know, really. Learn to want what you already have. You'd be surprised um, how that kind of gratitude uh, will become a truth for you, and truth does set you free. Yeah. Turn that... Uh... I have to until I get to. Turn that frown upside down. (laughs) Our closing song is from the album Recovery Steps. The song is entitled Wide Open by Seth and the Intervention Band. I think you'll like this.
been wise Just sick and tired of being sick and tired No more lies, no more games that I will play To live sober, I'm living your way and the Intervention Band from their album, Recovery Steps, with their song, Wide Open. You can get more of their music by visiting them on Amazon or on CD Baby. All right, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming reminding you that because of God's grace, we are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.